0: searched for by staffers, of members of this committee was then leaked to the media. And this committee and this body validated it and displayed it at prime time over our entire nation. How would any member on this committee, any person in this room, or any person in this country would like sleaze set about him or her in this fashion or this dirt dredged up in this gossip and these lies displayed in this manner. How would any person like it? The Supreme Court is not worth it. No job is worth it. I'm not here for that. I'm here for my name, my family, my life, and my integrity. I think something is dreadfully wrong with this country when any person, any person in this free country would be subjected to this. This is not a closed room. There was an FBI investigation. This is not an opportunity to talk about difficult matters privately or in a closed environment. This is a circus. It's a national disgrace. And from my standpoint, as a black American, as far as I'm concerned, it is a high-tech lynching for uppity blacks who in any way deign to think for themselves, to do for themselves, to have different ideas. And it is a message that unless you kowtow to an old order, this is what will happen to you. You will be lynched, destroyed, caricatured by a committee of the U.S. U.S. Senate rather than hung from a tree.
1: That was Clarence Thomas in his confirmation. And doesn't that sound familiar? I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, that was when they were trying to destroy a great American. They went this whole route before that we're watching with Brett Kavanaugh. Same thing, same script. I mean, it's the same deal. Anita Hill, you know the well, he gave me a Coca-Cola can with a pubic hair on it and he was watching porn around me and and they did all of these unfounded allegations. They just tossed them left and right. Just, you know, just throwing them all around there. And I mean, even after it the fraudulent aspect of Anita Hill has been shown to everybody. HBO still does a special on it because they've got to keep that narrative. They can't ever let that be discredited, even though it's been more than discredited. But this is a tactic they love to use. I mean, what about Roy Moore? He had to ride out on his steed galloping into obscurity over questionable signatures in a yearbook. Signed, what was he in a Waffle House somewhere? And he was the attorney general, and he signed this girl's yearbook with a crazy looking signature because that's what everyone does in December. They sign yearbooks in a Waffle House or some sort of breakfast place. And while he was the attorney general at that, he rode his stallion into the night after being smeared in the press about being banned from the property over allegations of trolling chicks and being creepy in the Gadsden Mall, which former managers were. Unable to corroborate that ban. But, you know, they went with it anyways. Where are those women now? It's, what, day what? uh, 360-something of the allegations from these women. Still nothing. Still haven't seen anything come to fruition from that. But for him, it was even more of a precarious scenario. Because the Rhino establishment, who are so concerned about The branding of the GOP. So concerned about the reputation of the party. What does it mean for the reputation of the Republicans? Yeah, they didn't want to have his back whatsoever. So, I mean, they were willing to sell him down the river. It was really tough for him because hurricane, uh, you know, hurricane allegations were coming at him full force. And he had this split. He had this schism. So there was nobody really back in his side. But, you know, same thing happened to Herman Kane. What I call the Herman Kaning was disgusting. They trotted out all types of women making allegations right around when he was pulling a strong lead against Mitt Romney in the presidential uh, primaries in 2012. And that was all destroyed by the arrival of Gloria Allred. So when is Gloria Allred coming back? She showed up for Roy Moore, too. Maybe she'll show up here. But the background of the uh, of the credibly accused or the credible accuser, I should say, Hurricane Christine Blasey Ford is a bit slanted. First off, she's a college professor uh, right there. Anyone that's familiar with what's going on in, on College Camp high are are um, probably seeing eh, a running theme, you know, a theme of ultra ultra leftism and activism. Well, she also funded a lot of Democrat uh, organizations. She donated money to the DNC, to the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, and also friends of Bernie Sanders. Hmm, you don't say. What's also interesting is um, it's really interesting when you get into the fact that Kavanaugh's mother was the judge on a home foreclosure case of the accusers parents hmm you don't say lots of conflict of interest here but you know what kavanaugh will probably be fine listen to judge napolitano talking about this
0: what does it mean for his nomination so steve hilton they asked me last night how does uh, law enforcement view this law enforcement would view it very very skeptically because Why? of the passage of time. thirty five years, thirty five years. So all statutes of of limitations, civil and criminal, both statutes of limitations have obviously uh, expired. Memories fade. Her ability to recall details obviously will be diminished with the uh, with the passage of time. But because we are in this era, uh, the post Robert Bork, post Clarence Thomas era, of Supreme Court uh, hearings before the Judiciary Committee. And Me Too. Yes, and we're in the Me Too era.
1: So yeah, Kavanaugh will probably be fine. Remember, he was a Bush appointment to the United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia circuit. So the electability police, you know, those ones that are out there that can never seem to get their electable candidates elected, you know, like Mitt Romney. They always go, oh, well, he, they're unelectable. They're too conservative. They're, they're just unelectable. Well, they never get their people elected. But these are the people that are behind Kavanaugh. See, I don't know much about Kavanaugh, but there's not going to be this Roy Moore schism with his base in the midst of Hurricane Florida, uh, Ford coming up on the coast, you know? What he's going to weather, the storm of these accusations, none of that is going to show up with him being in a divided party. And they've thrown everything at this guy. I mean, they started off with, you know, him purchasing Nationals tickets on his credit card. Oh, he's fiscally irresponsible. The charges of perjury that we talked about last week because he's taken e- they've taken emails completely out of context. And then there was this great, great story that uh, Mother Jones was peddling around where they basically said that, I guess the one of the, friends, one of Brett Kavanaugh's friends was, uh, what did they say? The classmate accused of being in the room alongside Kavanaugh during his uh, seven minutes in heaven incident once wrote his own teenage drinking reached a point where once I had the first beer, I found it impossible to stop until I was completely annihilated. So now they're blaming this guy's alcoholism on Kavanaugh. Apparently Kavanaugh is guilty of holding his friend's legs up in the air for the keg stand and that's enough to nullify his confirmation and attribute his hand in making this buddy of his an alcoholic. So keep reaching. Sky's the limit left. I mean you guys have no shame in your game and the shame is completely out of the picture when you start seeing these little incidents that we're seeing in the news. You know when you start talking about Things such as uh, the talking points that they're being delivered. Listen to the talking points. I mean, it's unbelievable. Here's what the, the credible accuser talking point is what they're going with right now. I mean, you've got um, Ian Milheiser. This is what he said. So to summarize, a confessed serial sexual predator nominated a man who is credibly accused of attempted rape to be the key vote to strip women of reproductive freedom. Then Dan Pfeiffer from CNN. What did he tweet? Credibly accused sexual assailant Donald Trump putting credibly accused sexual assailant Brett Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court tells you everything you need to know about the Republican Party. And then you've got Susan Hennessy. It's worth pondering that if this doesn't make a difference, a good money says it won't, two of the nine justices of the U.S. Supreme Court will have been credibly accused of sexual misconduct. Then there's more. You go down the list. I mean, it's unbelievable. Credibly accused seems to be the talking point that was passed out for everybody to go with. Uh, Let's see. Pat Coonan. Merrick Garland was neither a perjury nor a perjurer nor a credibly accused attempted rapist. I mean, Tom Schwartz. What a moment of truth for the Me Too movement. When more broadly, Kavanaugh was already a nightmare for women. Now, like Clarence Thomas before him, Kavanaugh is credibly accused of sexual assault. Peter Dowell, let's be clear on Kavanaugh. The GOP stole a Supreme Court seat to him. He is credibly accused of sexual assault. So the talking points are out. And the gaslighting has begun with this phase of the process. We talked about the gaslighting of the perjury last week. Now we're going to talk about the gaslighting of the media with credibly accused sexual assaults and how they're doing this to basically besmirch and destroy this man's credibility it's sickening and we're going to get into a little bit more of this on the other side of the break tweet at me at rants out loud or at adrian slade show back in a second this is adrian slade adrian slade broadcast. So it looks like Kavanaugh is going to fight. And this is actually a statement that he put out. This is a completely false allegation. I've never done anything like what the accuser describes to her or to anyone. Because this never happened, I have no idea who is making this accusation until she is identified as of yester- uh, herself the other day. I am willing to talk to the Senate Judiciary Committee in any way... The committee deems appropriate to refute this false allegation from 36 years ago and defend my integrity. And it's really sad that he has to do that. Again, I don't know much about Kavanaugh. You know, I've heard he's been lukewarm at best. But again, the destruction of people's character and their reputation by trotting out women with no founding to the accusations is kind of getting old. You know, kind of getting really, really old. In fact, you're only given a pass to, uh, what, finger pop interns on the Resolute desk with a Don Carlos cigar if you vote and govern as a Democrat. Then, and only then, grace is sufficient to thee. The status, that is. Yeah, that's what's going on here. You get the privilege. You're deemed untouchable. You can do whatever you want. Sell the country's uranium to Russia. Yeah, you can do all that stuff without reprisal. But this is what we're left with. And the, the gaslighting is similar to what happened earlier in the week with Nikki Haley. This was, what, I mean, the story that they put out for Nikki Haley was unbelievable. They basically accused her of spending State Department money on uh, drapes. You know, cost, what, a couple, uh, what, 30, 50, 50 some thousand, something like that. And they attribute it all to her. And that's the, that's the way they framed it. Now, when you get down to the nitty-gritty, get down to the nuts and bolts, it's a little bit different, different of a scenario there. But didn't didn't really matter. You know, this is, this is how they operate. They, they put out this story, State Department suffering from budget cuts, paid $52,000 for curtains in Nikki Haley's Manhattan apartment. The rent is $58,000 per month, taxpayer-funded. Of course, that followed up with David Hogg, who threw his two cents in. You know, Drapegate. He goes off on saying something to the effect of, you know, kids are starving, what have you. And he he has to throw his two cents in, which he may or may not have received as an illegal campaign contribution from a Canadian super PAC. I don't know. But Ted Lieu had to jump in as well. And he said, this is not OK. As a member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, I call on the House Foreign uh, Committee Chairman Ed Royce to hold an oversight hearing on State Department spending on Nikki Haley and her deputy. So all that we have left to worry about now is whether or not Jimmy Kimmel's going to crack jokes about it. And every one of your friends on Facebook or Twitter or whatever social media platform is going to be going around talking about how Nikki Haley Wasted a crap ton of taxpayer dollars on drapes. Oh, but there was a twist. And they had to refute their story because this was ordered under Obama. Nikki Haley wasn't even in the position she was in when that happened. So that kind of changed the narrative a bit. But they let it simmer for a little bit until everybody was so fed up with the BS of this story that... They put out an editor's note on September 14th. An earlier version of this article and headline created an unfair impression about who was responsible for the purchase in question. While Nikki R. Haley is the current ambassador to the U.N., the decision on leasing the ambassador's residence and purchasing the curtains was made during the Obama administration. According to current and former officials, the article should not have focused on Ms. Haley, nor should a picture of her been used. The article and the headline have now been edited to reflect those concerns, and the picture has been removed. Oh, really? I ended up adding my own apology. We apologize. This entire story was complete bullcrap, vying for your clicks and to demonize our target. It's also an indication of our inability to perform our duties, because these issues should have been caught by we, the editors, before the story even broke. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Why did that happen? But that's the whole job was to destroy Nikki Haley in the view of the public. And the same thing's happening right now with, uh, with Kavanaugh. But what's in- interesting is I think they've had Kavanaugh in their sights and up on deck for quite some time now. Because there's a story that was pulled out of 2012 from The New Yorker. and Listen to this. Kavanaugh was a protege of the former independent counsel Kenneth Starr and a principal author of the Star Report, the investigative body uh, bodus ripper that transfixed the reading public in the autumn of 1998. As a prosecutor, Kavanaugh set a bracing literary standard. Quote, on all nine of those occasions, the president fondled and kissed her bare breast. So they're saying that he was creepy because he put those statements into the Star Report and shows he's just, you know, a creepy uh, guy in general. I mean, actually, the reason why they were committed to fighting him was because of his probable nomination, because he was a threat to Obamacare. This, The New Yorker goes on. The likes of Lewis Powell and Sandra Day O'Connor have been replaced with the likes of John Roberts and Samuel Alito. In order to strike down health care reform, the new Republican justices would have to change the underlying constitutional law, which they have proved themselves more than capable of doing. They have already cut a swath through the court's precedences on such is- issues as race abortion and campaign finance and it's possible that they will assemble the votes to do the same on the scope of the commerce clause the high stakes health care case is a useful reminder of the even higher stakes in the presidential election now this is 2012 if a republican any republican wins in november his most likely first nominee to the supreme court will be brett kavanaugh so they knew that this guy was coming down the pike at some point And Romney was in the lead at the time of this uh, piece, you know? But we can't let them win this fight because the metrics are never applied to their own side. And if they win the fight, they will be emboldened. like we said last week, the battles that we are willing to lose, those are the things that embolden them. And they use them in their quiver down the road. I mean, we see the glowing double standard. There's no... No outrage towards Keith Ellison. There's actual video floating around of him dragging this woman that he dated. The son saw it on the computer. We're not allowed to see it. We're not allowed to question it. He's not allowed to uh, step down because he won his primary and he's up for election of attorney general. I mean, really? And it's not even just down to female abuse allegations. I mean, how about Beto... Robert O'Rourke, the former um, Fat Records-style, Green Day-sounding mall punk and faux Hispanic Irishman running against Ted Cruz in uh, Texas for the Senate seat, you know, he gets wasted off probably a case of Zima, looking at this guy, gets in a car, gets behind the wheel completely wasted and trashed, jumps a couple lanes of traffic, crashes his car, and then he runs from the scene of the accident, gets charged with a DUI, and now the left is praising him as a new wave Obama-style politician 2.0. No outrage there. Not even talking about it in the news. It's only us that are bringing it up. Ted Cruz, what, just a couple points away in the polls, so they say? No one's bringing that up, but Democrat privilege, he's okay. He's exonerated. You know, George Bush may have gotten a DUI. George Bush may have fled from the military and then Dan... Rather has to retract that story But all of that is allowed from the left No one is calling for the nullification of their primary victories They're not calling for them to drop out of the race But this entire story Which I'm not going to spend any more time on We're going to get to some other things But this entire story is nothing but a Hail Mary They hope they can get their reinforcements in the Senate With the midterms They want to raise money off of it This is why they're trying to energize their base. Say, look, we've got a chance here. But if he doesn't fight and he bails out, I've got one or two solutions. First solution, nominate Roy Moore as Supreme Court justice just in order to just epically troll them. I mean, that would just really get them up in arms. (laughs) Can you imagine that? The women will come back. Gloria Allred will get another check. Here's the other option, the other solution get Amy Barrett up on deck. No hearings. Just give the paperwork through and then quickly confirm her. Because it doesn't matter, obviously. It doesn't matter who you pick. The threat of an additional Supreme Court justice by the GOP of somebody of conservative values is the biggest threat to the statist on the left. Back in a second. This is Adrian Slade. Adrian Slade Broadcast. Welcome back, welcome back. Now, I know we've been talking about Brett Kavanaugh, and it's, you're probably assuming that I'm just totally blowing off this girl's claims of sexual uh, misconduct. Uh, but you know what? I always say have both sides. Due process should prevail. Both sides should be considered if evidence suggests that there's an issue here. But on this one, it seems like a political hit job. And you know where I stood on Roy Moore? I felt like Roy Moore was getting shake, shaken down, just like Herman Cain. But this one, I even feel even more confident that this is a shakedown. I mean, this is ridiculous. She can't remember the year. She don't. She doesn't remember where it was, what kind of party it was, who was there, how old she was. But yet, she paid money to the Democrat Party. She's a college professor. Paid money to the friends of Bernie. She was out there marching with the. Pink JJ hats on. In fact, hers was fashion in the form of brains. I mean, what do you think it is? <laughs> I mean, it's simply ridiculous to automatically skewer this guy with little to no evidence. You're basically destroying this man's life. You know, he's going to be like the Duke lacrosse team walking around the rest of his life. There are people that weren't even on the Duke lacrosse team at the time who played at another time on the Duke lacrosse team, and when they find out, or when someone finds out that they were on the Duke lacrosse team, then suddenly they're skewered. And that all was fraud. That was all fraudulent. So, we're going to ruin this guy's life with little to no evidence whatsoever. I mean, even with the 65 women coming out and defending Kavanaugh, One simple allegation seems to trump them all, no pun intended, which is funny because the other day you can juxtapose this with Bill Clinton. The other day I was watching this Nat Geo uh, 1990s. uh, This is the 90s or whatever. And of course, you know, they're just now they're just praising Clinton like he's just the he's the Abe Lincoln. I mean, they are just praising this guy. And when they get into the weeds of his sexual deviancy, you know, it just brought back all those memories. I lived through that time. I I couldn't stand Bill Clinton from day one. You know, when he was walking around uh, playing saxophone on the Arsenio Hall show and he had women planted in the crowd out there at the MTV uh, town hall where they go, do you wear boxers or briefs? You know, they want to find out what this crusty old politician's underwear choice is. They're trying to make him into this sexy, young, virile guy. And then what happens? All these allegations come out and they're all Pretty daggone credible. You, I mean, there's a lot of evidence to support it. There's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of things that Kenneth Starr found out about, which Brett Kavanaugh was helping him write. And when you juxtapose the fact that he lied to everybody on TV and then he came out and apologized for it, basically admitting that this went down, and he's still lauded as like the king of the, of the Democrat Party? It's unbelievable. In the era of Me Too had Paula Jones or... You know, uh, what's her name? Jennifer Flowers come out and just made the first allegation. He should have been shut down. But no, they praised him. It's all just about sex, you pervy conservatives trying to dig into the blue dress and all that crap. That's what we dealt with. You know, and it was funny to hear Jerry Springer talking about Bill Clinton. He said, I didn't vote for someone because of their home life or their relationship with their spouse. I voted for someone who will get the job done. Does that sound familiar? Jerry Falwell Jr., We've just switched sides. But this, this what's going on with this lady, she, this is the resistance. She's part of the resistance. I mean, look at what happened. Hollywood's red carpet for the Emmys had an actress with, uh, she tattooed on her arm or whatever, wrote on her arm, Stop Kavanaugh. I mean, this lady is a part of that movement. She wore the pink J skull cap not, uh, knitted by Aunt Eunice. Hers was even specialized to look like brains, so she was wearing pink snatch brains. Pretty, pretty amazing. But this is all the fruits of Democracy Alliance. I've talked about Democracy Alliance in the past. It's basically Democracy Alliance is a it's an umbrella group for decentralized special interest groups that have been having meetings with Hollywood, with George Soros, Linda Sarsour, um, all types of political. Action groups, and they're all motivated to destroy Donald Trump, whether or not it's to uh, obstruct his nomination process, which, you know, he's still running on, what, three-fourths of a cabinet. I think he's got most of it filled, but to do these things, to obstruct a Supreme Court justice and Democracy Alliance, I mean, they have Media Matters under them, which they're destroying conservatives and social media And on uh, Netflix and wherever the case may be, you've got Color of Change, who deals with uh, Black Lives Matter. You've got Indivisible. You've got uh, Organizing for America, which is Obama's organization who sided with Indivisible. And Indivisible is the Antifa wing. They're all under Democracy Alliance. Go look them up. DemocracyAlliance.org. And they're going to fight at every angle. Through unfounded allegations, screaming at administrative, uh, administration officials in restaurants or even in their house, you know, uh, protesting outside their house, catching them in the driveway like they did Mitch McConnell. Their goal is to push for complete socialism. Make no mistake about that. They may say, oh, we just want to get into power and get you some big welfare programs. No, they're, they're going for the big, big time. They want the government to control the means of production. Eventually, they're not going to say that so far, but they are getting out there and saying they're democratic socialism. You know, they're democratic socialist. That's the, the nice socialist. Yeah, you were the we're the kind gentler. It's the, you know, <laughs> what was it? The compassionate conservatism. This is the, it's the opposite of compassionate conservatism. It is compassionate socialism. What they don't understand is it's it's always ends in horror and in despair. But, you know, we have comedians like Sarah Silverman on her Hulu show interviewing Bernie Sanders, speaking about, you know, America, watching Bernie down talk America. He said, we cannot use these dirty words. We starve children and blow up buses. Hmm. Really? Maybe you can try the Pentagon next. Right, Mr. Ayers? Because Bill Ayers from the Weather Underground sure wanted to do that. Maybe they can implement socialism and starve children along with everyone else at the same time like they're doing in Venezuela, you know, fish in a barrel. You want to starve the children? Why not get them all? Get everybody. You know, only the elites get to munch on empanadas on national TV while addressing their starving populace. Let them eat pets! You know, that's what's going on in Venezuela. They know they're not going to get there without a fight. So what do they do? That's where their militant, vigilante attack wing comes in, Antifa. And we've talked about Antifa before. We've talked about Indivisible. Antifa isn't a singular group either, but that's just what the movement is known by. It's another decentralized cluster of groups with the same cause to apparently fight fascism, but their ideology isn't that much further away from fascism. In fact, it's rooted in communism. They just want to destroy capitalism. They're, on, they're with the same people who have been violently protesting the WTO conferences for you know the last few decades. Same ones that Occupy Wall Street. Only now their galvanizing figure is to focus on their hatred for Western society and the nation built upon Christian fundamentals by focusing all that energy on President Trump. And I'm not saying Trump is the Christian conservative, you know, torchbearer. I'm just saying they're, they're focused. They've got to find their straw man and that they've picked Donald Trump. I mean, these people were most of these people in Hollywood were buddies with them about five years ago. Palling around with them, hip hop stars writing songs with him in it, and even naming songs after him. All that went out the window when he became a GOP. But you want to talk about real Russian collusion? <laughs> Russian collusion is what's happening with the Democrat Party. Russian collusion has been targeting political parties ever since the collapse of you know the of of Russia. The moment Vladimir Lenin established Soviet Union. Once he established the Soviet Union, he wanted to destroy America. And they've been on that path ever since. Nikita Khrushchev said, we will bury you from within. And that was what, in the 60s, 50s, something like that? So guess what they're trying to do? (laughs) Antifa has a guide. And now I got this from the Gateway Pundit, so take it with a grain of salt. But you know what? I've always been skeptical of them, but I've checked the sources and it checks out. The links are legit, and that's why I'm even bringing it up. But they have a website There's a website out now called Destructibles.org. Provides far-left protesters and other lawbreakers with step-by-step guides on exactly how to injure multiple officers during a protest. To get away with it, schemes on ways to deny bank services to their customers, even ways to assist countless illegal aliens who want to sneak across the border. They basically said one of the things that you can do in the middle of a protest if you want to get the officers... If you want to injure them in the protest, you hollow out a stick that's holding a protest sign, fill it with ball bearings. And when the riot car- cops start to move in, all a protester has to do is open up the bottom so hundreds of ball bearings fall out on the street and the police will slip and fall as they charge ahead. The page on Destructibles, complete with pictures and a step by step guide, reads This simple device can be used as a last line of defense when riot police attempt to charge a line of protesters. The ball bearing protest uh, poster can quickly and easily scatter a barrier of ball bearings on the street, making it difficult for police to charge a crowd or a small targeted group. The bearings are concealed inside an aluminum rod, which is surrounded by wood, creating the handle for your protest sign. Unbelievable. Slowing down advancing riot police can give the group a little more time to flee the area without getting arrested. The advantage of concealing the bearings inside the handle makes it easier to covertly fling bearings In an even sweeping action. If getting arrested is unavoidable, the sign can be dropped on the ground without raising any suspicions from the police. A big advantage over carrying bearings in your pocket. It's becoming more and more common for peaceful demonstrations and protests to suddenly take a violent turn. It is oftentimes that the police initiate violent clashes, which is complete and utter crap. Turning a peaceful protest violent allows the police to quickly take control of the demonstration and also offers them an opportunity to single out organizers and arrest them. Once you have the materials, it takes less than 15 minutes to complete one of these. For best results, make several of these for you and your fellow protesters. And then they have a they have the specs on how to construct one. They also distribute pamphlets that allegedly originated from the Mexican government, showing people how they can successfully evade authorities while crossing over the U.S. border illegally. They also tell you how to hinder and obstruct banks and their customers. Ever want to hold up a bank and get away with it? Well, now you can. This model of a fun, peaceful, legal, and effective denial of service tactic can be applied to almost any business in nearly any town or city. Basically, you flood the lines. With people with checks with tiny amounts, and you simply disrupt it, you know, and that's where they're going with this. they this this little Kavanaugh issue. The reason why it's significant and it should be to you is it's just another battle in the democracy alliance and Antifa destruction of America, its founding of of its Christian foundation. They want control back. They don't have control. They're weaponizing anything and everything they can to destroy it. They thought we were on the cusp. Had Hillary Clinton been in, we might have been pushed down that well. So now they're freaking out. They're losing their control and their grip on that, and they're trying to gain it back. Back in just a second. This
0: is Adrian Slade.
1: Adrian Slade Broadcast. So we've been talking about how uh, Christine lazy is... Most likely a member of the resistance. She is a foot soldier for the resistance that is uh, being delegated out of Democracy Alliance. That is the umbrella company or the umbrella group that oversees all of these different other decentralized groups, such as uh, Media Matters, who's attacking uh, conservatives through social media CEOs. and, And you've got Color for Change, who... Oversees the Black Lives Matter thing with the FRSO, which is the Freedom Road Socialist Organization. And now this accuser, she decided, yeah, I don't want to testify before the Senate until the FBI investigation is is conducted. Well, first off, the incident happened over 30 years ago. So it's beyond the statute of limitations. And secondly, it was not a federal crime. So the uh, FBI has no jurisdiction in this matter. But that's not for you to understand. Nuance is dead. You're, you're supposed to take the narrative that her sexual abuse or so-called sexual abuse allegations should be considered and taken seriously. And they're not because the FBI is not investigating and no one's looking into this and, and blah, 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 blah. But that's the way these narratives are created. This is just the latest attack in a string of attacks levied against this this administration or any Republican administration. It's the communist wing of the Democrat Party. It's the it's the uh, Democratic Socialists who are within the Democrat Party that were making strides under the Obama administration. I mean, they're littered throughout the government and they want to take down any Republican president in order to destroy them. The ones who want the government system that they have in Venezuela where people starve while their leader is being fed high quality steak dinners by a celebrity chef in Miami. Yeah, Salt Bay. He's out there carving up customized steak dinners for Venezuelan leader Maduro and they're posting videos of it on social media while the Venezuelan citizens are maybe the ones that have access to social media are watching it with disgust and outrage because they're having to eat their pets. They're having to breed rabbits for food because rabbits can be bred faster. I mean, they have classrooms. Their first day of school, listen to this, classrooms near empty as school starts in crisis-stricken Venezuela. Venezuela's school year began with few students arriving in classrooms amid a crippling economic crisis that has left many families unable to afford supplies or provide their children with enough food to focus on schoolwork. Yeah, that's an actual story, right? Because this is what the Democrat socialists want in America. They want the same system. It doesn't make sense, but they want to be the protected class. You know, we're the elite. We know better. And it just hasn't been implemented the right way. We just haven't done it the right way. (laughs) No one has ever done it the right way. And we've discussed how capitalism is not a flawed system. It is us as humans that flaw it. Same thing with socialism. Socialism looks good on paper, great utopia, but guess what? It doesn't work because humans don't act that way. So what happens is, because of sin, we corrupt whatever system we touch, but the one system that is able to overcome our corruption is capitalism. Now, it may not be perfect, it may not be pretty, but guess what? It's the most successful system, and every time it's been tried, the few times it's been tried, it's always succeeded. Socialism, not so much. Always turns into communism, Marxism, or what have you. So, you know, while they focus on trying to take down this confirmation, because we're going to get into that, listen to what Project Veritas has uncovered with a State Department official who is doing work for the Democrat Socialist Party of America while on the taxpayer's dime. I work for the State Department. Uh, I mean, I'm a civil servant, so I'm a union member and all of that good stuff.
0: Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a little problematic. I look at it
1: this way: so now that my the administration cut my program that I was on a cool, like, like, data analytics program, and we were really going to modernize, like modernize, democratize, shine sunlight in places where it should be, and they cut it, and now I'm just straight like. I can 8.30 to 5, so it gives me so much more time and, like, emotional bandwidth to do all of this stuff, instead of... So, so I, like, is, f*** that, I'm going to do DSA work. Oh, yeah, pretty much. You could do, you could do DSA program, but it's so hard. Uh, yeah, and I can like, do, I'm careful about it, I don't leave a paper trail, like, I leave, you know, email like, any like, I Sometimes I leave that until after 5.30, but as soon as, like, 5.31 is, got my, like... Nice Stunning That guy is using the resources of the State Department He's being paid To basically circumvent The administration wherever he can And also do work for the Democrat Socialist Party of America While on the clock Pretty unbelievable And so we see a running theme Going on with the Kavanaugh hearing With these resistance Foot soldiers Listen to this from the Daily Caller. Soros-backed activists slip cash to anti-Kavanaugh protesters before arrest. Activists backed by left-wing billionaires like uh, George Soros are giving cash to protesters arrested for disrupting Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation hearing. The cash is there to resolve any arrest that they're uh, engaged in because of these acts. A coalition of activist organizations, including Women's March, the Center for Popular Democracy, and Housing Works, have scheduled near-consistent or near-constant disruptions at the Kavanaugh hearings as part of an organized effort to derail the confirmation process in a series of meetings since he was first nominated. So, the Women's March. Linda Sarsour. Yep, she's back. Unbelievable. But it gets even better. It gets even better when you read the Washington Times actual piece here kavanaugh's accuser and the curious george soros links wow that, that's who would have thunk that's curious just like that headline that said hillary clinton in the curious link to jeffrey epstein a pedophile with a sex island you know that's just curious uh it should be a little bit more than curious but let's read Look what's going on with Judge Je- uh, Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation proceedings for the Supreme Court and the fingerprints of George Soros are all over it. First, there was a report in from June in the D- Daily Caller that found a new political advocacy group vowed to put $5 million behind an effort to stop Kavanaugh's confirmation and it has significant ties to liberal financier George Soros. What are those ties? The group Demand Justice, established in 2018, gets its money from... 1630 fund and the 1630 fund received roughly 2.2 million from the open society policy center one of george soros's outlets between the years of 2012 and 2016 and demand justice entire mission is to advance a progressive agenda through the courts our goal to sensitize rank and file progressives to think of the courts as a venue for their activism and a way to advance the progressive agenda Demand Justice Executive Director Brian Fallon said to the New York Times. But that's, you know what, that's not all. Deborah Katz, the attorney representing Kavanaugh's accuser, Christine Blasey Ford, is the vice chair of Project on Government Oversight, an organization that has been directly funded by Soros Open Society Foundation. Katz is also a hefty Democratic donor, giving thousands of dollars over the years to Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and other leftist candidates from Front Page Magazine. Combine that with the efforts at Kavanaugh's denial of even being at the party described by Ford, and what's shaping is curious, to say the least, a twist to the nomination hearings. Now Kavanaugh's uh, due to appear before the Senate Judiciary Committee alongside his accuser, who's now saying she's not going to be there unless you have an FBI investigation, and the move forward towards his confirmation being postponed. That's what this is all about. It's hard to take allegations seriously when there's nothing to base it on. And what's really sad is for those who have been raped, who have been abused. This is just peeing all over that. That's just making light of it all. And so we're dealing with an attack from every angle possible. The cabinet appointees are being postponed. They're trying to postpone the confirmation of the Supreme Court. They're trying to destroy whoever is coming in for the Supreme Court because they've openly said that that's how they want to codify their agenda through the courts. And so we need to be vigilant, we need to be on the watch, and we need to put a stop to whatever efforts they're trying to put forth. Because they're more than willing to do what it takes to further their agenda with with zero power. We're not. We have all the branches and we're doing nothing. We didn't repeal Obamacare like they passed Obamacare. We do nothing. We can't even get this guy uh, confirmed because we got to push it to after some sort of bogus investigation and hearing. But they're willing to do what it takes, even violence. And they're spelling it out on their resistance websites. And they're funded by some of the most well-to-do rich people in the world. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. You can listen to us every weekend on Mojo Five O, the new platform for libertarian, conservatarian, conservative talk. Also, check out the podcast iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Spotify, and various other podcast platforms. Get the free Roku channel in your streaming store. Also, you can donate patreon.com slash Adrian Slade Show, $2 a month or whichever amount you wish. You can also check out the blog, adriansladeshow.com. We'll see you guys next time.